Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful? I'm sorry, I don't know anything about stamps. Live from the Philatelic Doghouse in Las Vegas, Nevada, this is the award-winning stamp show here today, episode number 194, brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center. This is Tom. I'm Scott. This is Mark. And we are short staff today. Cash uh, and Dawn are off getting ready for SESCAL this weekend. So today we will be discussing National Stamp Collecting Month, a post office break-in, and the early days of zip code adoption, as well as APS Specialty Society's page. So to start off, I have to say that I feel like a complete fool. Um, did you guys know that the month of October is National Stamp Collecting Month? I did, but it wasn't on the top of my to-do list. I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. Um, I was researching articles last week, and the first special delivery issue caught my attention before, hey, it's stamp collecting month, so I feel bad. That's why we're from the doghouse today, or at least I am. I try to pay attention to the ones that have to do with food. <laughs> I can get some of those. Um, established in 1981 by the Council of Philatelic Organizations in conjunction with the United States Postal Service, stamp collecting was called the world's most popular hobby by then Postmaster General William Bulger. Well, you know, it probably still is one of the most popular collecting hobbies, just not in the United States. That's probably true. World Worldwide, I think it probably is. If it's not the most popular, it is one of the most popular. Well, and I believe the Philippines also shares this as October's National Stamp Collecting Month. Yeah, but the Philippines also has a close tie to the United States. True. So it wouldn't surprise me that they do. Well, National Stamp Collecting Month also follows along with International Postcard Week, which was last week, October 1st through 7th. I missed that too. Producing the heck out of this thing. Ah. Uh, World Post Day, which was yesterday, and in conjunction with World Post Day, this week is International Letter Writing Week. Now, that one I did know about, and a lot of countries actually issue stamps for International Letter Writing Week or International or National Letter Writing Day. Some, some countries actually have National Letter Writing Day. And uh, if you flip through the Scott catalogs, a lot of times you'll see the annual stamp issued every October for that. Yeah, I saw there were some. I unfortunately did not spend enough time to see which ones were which and grab enough images or grab any images of those. Um, but I do, in looking it up, International Letter Writing Week was for people to write letters to people in other countries to kind of promote peace and stuff like that. Yeah, it's kind of like Pen Pal Week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, when it, when it was started, it was... Uh, a lot more common to do some do some activities like that because the the internet was still uh, you still had to hook up a generator and hand crank the internet exactly well in honor of all these days and weeks for the month of October I'm gonna give a couple of PSE graded stamps away so if you're a listener to the podcast 
send in honor of postcard week last week, send a postcard, or in honor of International Letter Writing Week, a letter to me, Tom Schilling, here at PSE. Uh, the address is P.O. Box 539-309, Henderson, Nevada, 89153-9309. All letters and postcards that I, will, that I receive will be entered into a random drawing, and we will announce the winners probably in mid-November. And that should allow plenty of time for any entries postmarked by the end of October to get here. Uh, please, only one entry per listener, though. I don't want to have one person send me like 500 postcards. I can't believe the stamps you're giving away. Oh, these absolutely. Are, these are graded 95, never hinged. Yes. Currently on my list, I have three from my personal collection. I have a C25, grade 95, never hinged. A C30, grade 95, never hinged. And a C21, grade 95, never hinged. So uh, that's currently up for grabs, and if uh, some of our other hosts decide that uh, they want to contribute, considering I kind of sprung this on them this morning, or this afternoon, uh, we may have some more. But, well, uh, any- if, if need be, I'm more than happy to find something to contribute to the prize pool. So Scott's in, potentially. So we'll have to see how many entries we get. If we get enough, we may add some more to it. So go ahead and send them in. Now, do these have to include compelling stories about their collections? or No. No, but you can't say bad things about Stamp Show here today. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you send me a postcard that says, you guys yeah. suck, I'm, not, I'm, I'm figuring you don't want to be in the drawing anyway. So, But yeah, I'd love to see how many people are out there and how many people are interested in getting some free uh, graded stuff. So now we're going to move on to some uh, not-so-good news. Here's a here's a news item from Fairfield, Alaska, Alabama, Alabama. Okay, is it? Yeah, Alaska is AK. This is ALA, so I figured it was Alabama. Are you sure? No. Okay, it's Fairfield, and it's either Alaska or Alabama. The United States Postal Service needs your help tracking down the person or persons who burglarized the Fairfield Post Office. The Postal Service said the burglary happened between 5.45 p.m. Friday, October 5th, and 6 a.m. October 6th. The Postal Inspector, Tony Robinson, said postal investigators will do a thorough investigation to see what may have been taken from the post office. My guess is they might have taken some stamps. He added there is a strong possibility that mail may have been taken. I don't know. I think stamps are more of a sure thing. The post office is one of the last badges of security that people trust in here in the United States, Robinson said. We carry mail that has identities, credit cards, and so forth that is invaluable. When that is violated, that violates the trust of the American people, which is why we have such a high price on this. The U.S. Postal Service is offering up to a $10,000 reward for information that leads to the arrest and conviction of the person or persons responsible for the burglary. Robinson also added that at least one culprit cut themselves during the burglary and left a trail of blood. So you left your DNA behind. Left yeah. your DNA. That's a that's a slam dunk conviction there. Does the trail lead to Rockingham? <laughs> I look at the O.J. Simpson reference. In violation of Title 18, United States Code 
Section 2115, whoever forcibly breaks into or attempts to break into any post office or any building used in whole or in part as a post office with intent to commit in such post office or building or part thereof so used any larceny or other depredation shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than five years or both. It doesn't put a limit on the fine, though. Nice. Anyone with information in this case is asked to contact the United States Postal Inspection Service at 877-876-2455. And it is Alabama. There's no Fairfield, Alaska. Ah, okay. Fairfield, Alabama. But mail theft is a is an issue, um, especially here in Las Vegas, um, because we use those cluster boxes, and um, there's problems with uh, thieves having the keys to the cluster boxes, opening them up and taking the mail if you don't pick up your mail, you know, each day, each afternoon, and we hear stories about uh, people stealing checks and washing them and cashing them for different amounts. Huh, I hadn't heard too much about that. But then again, I've only lived here a year, so. I've lived here a year and had two things stolen off my porch already. I I, I have gotten my neighbor's mail a number of times, though. Yep. Because apparently the delivery man cannot uh, get the mail in the right box. Well, we have a problem with uh, that a lot of the mail delivery is not by postal service employees, but by private contractors. Oh, really? And so it's the lowest bidder. That wins the contract. Aha. It doesn't help when some postal employees don't deliver the mail, too. Mm-hmm. So on, a, on another almost unrelated note, Washington Post columnist John Kelly recently wrote an article regarding the adoption of zip codes. Lyndon B. Johnson ordered federal agencies in 1965 to start using zip codes which was something that the government had been trying to get U.S. citizens to do for the previous two years. Many thought this was very laughable, considering Johnson had not been using the White House's zip code on its own stationery. When the zip code was introduced, it was met with resistance in some areas, as people in 1963 were getting sick of numbers. Eee. In 1962, the Internal Revenue Service started requiring the use of social security numbers on individual tax returns. Also, in the same year, phone companies started using all numeric phone numbers, or all number calling, as it was named. See, this was before me, but the article had things like BU for a city and then four or five numbers after it. Yeah, I... You probably remember the golden oldie, Pennsylvania 65,000. Mm-hmm. That's where that came from. I mean, it, it used to be you told them the city, and then you gave them the, the number in the city, and that's how the operator would connect you. So, yeah. But with all number dialing, then the computer can just route your phone. Call. Yep. A group formed in San Francisco called the Anti-Digit Dialing League in order to fight what was dubbed creeping numeralism. Total first world problem. So anti-digit dialing league, does that mean they cut your fingers off? I guess so. Then you can't dial the numerals. I guess. So this was before the digital age, so people weren't used to numbers the way they are now. You talk to a 
know, anybody today about, you know, converting something into numerals. And it's like, well, why haven't you already done that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, but it's just funny because it's like the IRS says, hey, your social security number is required in your tax return. Then the phone companies say, we're going to get rid of all the alpha stuff and the city stuff. And you're just going to have a phone number that's seven digits. And I don't even know if this was before area codes. And then on the heels of that, the post office says, oh, and by the way, you're going to throw some more numbers on your mail. That's got a lot of cha- a lot of, ch- lot of numeral changes. I'm just, yeah, so everybody feels like a number instead of a person. Yep. Anyway, it was during this time that the post office decided to introduce the zip code. A postal employee was dispatched to interview both banking and telephone executives to ask about reaction to the changes. While some representatives said the complaints were minimal, an AT&T executive said that he welcomed the zip code initiative as he hoped it would take the heat off the phone company. I guess it was a real thing. Oh, yeah. In the 60s and post-McCarthy, there were conspiracy theorists that said the post office, AT&T, and anti-Vietnam protesters were examples of Soviet meddling. So... That turned out not to be true? I guess there's just a history of it. Though this may sound a bit crazy today, a Lexington, Kentucky newspaper wrote that the country's swing to the far right resulted from the post office's introduction of the zip code and the IRS requiring social security numbers. Now that really is a first world problem, isn't it? Yeah, I'm having a hard time connecting that dot. Though it is normal today to include the zip code on your mail, there was a time when zip codes were not welcomed by many. I just find that crazy. I mean, how many times have I seen a, an old 19th century cover and it just has a person's name in the city they lived in? Mm-hmm. There's no street address. There's no zip code. Half the time, there's well, not but, even a state. Well, but some of that stuff, it, that was before they were doing mostly personal deliveries anyway. Yeah, it was just going. It was just going. Sometimes, going to Mrs. or Mr. So and So in Fairfield County, and it's like, okay, goes to the Fairfield County Post Office. Come pick up your mail, like we were talking about last week. Yeah, I don't think they did a very good job marketing zip code. I mean, they used Mr. Zip as their spokesperson. Imagine well, if I- they'd. I I seem to, you know, I seem to recall from the late 60s that there may possibly have been television commercials with Mr. Zip and things like that to kind of bring it home to all these households that were now, you know, after the war, the the economy's booming and the uh, the uh, standard of living is rising, so most homes had at least one television set even if it was just black and white. But I seem to remember seeing a post office cartoon commercial with Mr. Zip. Right. But imagine if they'd use, say, Ann Margaret or Kel Welch to promote zip codes. <laughs> I think it would have gone over much better. Well, I thought the funny thing was at the beginning of the article where I was saying Lyndon B. Johnson was saying, hey, federal government people start using zip codes so everyone else does. And everyone's going, but you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Because they, they printed, they printed all the White House stationery, and it was like a well, White House aide was like, "But it's the White House. Everybody knows where it's going <laughs> if it says to the White House." And it's like, well, 
Well, not only that, the stationery was probably printed at his, you know, at the beginning of his term. No, it wasn't. It that wasn't. was one of the reasons they brought it up. Is yeah. ah, know, that was one of the things why people thought it was kind of funny that it's like, okay, you're telling all the other federal agencies to do it, yet now the White House stationery doesn't have the zip code. So anyway, enough about post office uh, follies. Move on to special interest societies. Yeah, Mark, you're going to cover yeah. special interests today. As we have discussed in the past, there are several specialties in stamp collecting. Mark's one of them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to that end, we thought we would mention today that the American Philatelic Society has a link on their website, stamps.org, dedicated to finding societies that fall into special interest areas. Though the societies that they list are affiliated with the APS, they are individual societies with their own memberships and, in many cases, publications. You can search either by specialty or by the society's name. There are a vast number of topics to choose from, only some of which are archaeology, western covers, mobile post offices, just to name a few. So if you have a specialty area that you're interested in, whether you already collect that area or you just have an interest in learning about it, you can check out their page. Also, if you are part of a specialty society that you would like to have listed, the APS has a link on the page to do that as well. I highly recommend checking out their special seat specialties society page at stamps.org slash specialty dash societies. No, I just thought it was interesting because I was looking for something to cover this week. We're going to do a little bit of a shorter show with half of our crew gone basically. And, um, the sheer amount of topics they have listed in their menu is just crazy. Well, yeah, it's, it's just anything you can think of to specialize in. I mean, anything from a topic to a specific stamp issue, an era, um, postal history. Well, I was like, I saw mobile. It's like, and I was looking through, and I'm just like grabbing some random stuff to mention on here, and I'm like, mobile post offices. I'm like, what? The heck? I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, they're post offices. Most of them were on buses and things like that, but they were post offices that basically they could pack it up and move it anywhere. So, like, if you had um, a fair, the mobile post office would come and set up at your fair to provide postal services to people who wanted to send souvenir c cards and things like that from the, from the fairgrounds. That's so interesting. And then there's other post offices that uh, were mobile, like highway post offices were basically buses that had a given route and they ran between cities. And just like railway post offices that were on a mail car, they would actually process the mail on the bus as it moved between the cities. Wow. So, so yeah, there's there's lots of what would interesting would, would things have like that. Um, for a long time a lot of the mail was done in like the cabooses of trains. Would that be well? It wasn't the caboose. They had a special rail a railway mo uh, postal car. It was dedicated postal car. No, oh, I thought it was always in the back. Was well, it was usually in the back, but it wasn't the caboose. But would that be? Would that have qualified as a mobile post office? You got a postman postman in there, I would, sitting there, you know, canceling yeah. the mail while the train's on the move. Yeah, it's it's mobile, so yeah, I would say yes. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, send us a postcard. Send us a postcard. <laughs> you might win Tom's prize. Well, if you put Tom's name on it. If you don't put Tom's name on it, he ain't going to give away his stamps. Yeah, please make sure if you do that, you have my name on it because uh, I want to make sure it gets to me to be included. 
And a compelling story would work, too. Oh, yeah. Interesting stories always help. Oh, yes. And not only that, we like to read listeners' mail on the, on the, on the air. So, Well, we have a couple new issues coming out. Uh, October 10th, that's actually today when we're recording, the U.S. Postal Service is releasing the Kwanzaa stamp this year. The annual Pan-African holiday is celebrated from December 26th to January 1st and brings family, community, and culture together for many African Americans. The stamp depicts a man, woman, and child adorned in a combination of Western and traditional clothing, paying tribute to the holiday's focus on contemporary African American experience while also drawing on African roots. The family is gathered around a kanara, which is a candle holder that holds seven candles, and the table is adorned with other Kwanzaa-related items such as ears of corn, various fruits and vegetables, an item called the Unity Cup, and the Makeka, if I'm pronouncing that right, which is the straw mat that all the items are placed on. Artist Floyd Cooper worked with designer Derry, Derry Noise to design the stamp, which will be issued in a sheet of 20 as a forever stamp. It is a good-looking stamp. I think it's yeah, big. it's actually it's a... Some of the past Kwanzaa stamps haven't been that compelling. This one's at least, you know, looks a little better, looks a little nicer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it actually shows the celebration rather than just, you know, different colors. Didn't, I think one of the first ones, I think they just had like, the what did I call it? I, I lost my place because I went down to go look at the... It was a stylized group of people with African dress. Well, they had one. It was a, the Kanara, the candle holder. It wasn't like one of the first ones, just that with like seven candles. And it's like said Kwanzaa and that was it. Yeah. Also this week on October 11th, the U.S. Postal Service is releasing the Sparkling Holidays stamps. The stamps celebrate Christmas with four pictures of Santa Claus painted by famed commercial artist Hayden Sunblom. The four images are from larger paintings created by Sunblom for the Coca-Cola Company from the 1940s through the 1960s. Art director Greg Breeding designed the stamps with existing art from Sunblom, which will be issued in a sheet of 20 as forever stamps as well. These are pretty good depictions of Santa. Yeah, these are really neat. And they are the, um, you can almost totally kind of tell they are the old classic um, they're done in Coke the, commercials. They're done in the style and the coloring of Coca-Cola. Yeah. That, that you associate with vintage Coke. Yep. Also, not a new issue, but October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and the Postal Service would like to remind people to stamp out breast cancer by purchasing the semi-postal breast cancer stamp which sells in sheets of 20 for a price of $0.65 cents each. The cost above the price of the current first-class postage rate goes towards breast cancer research-related causes. The stamp was originally issued in 1998 and is got number B1. Except the new stamp is B7? No. No, I think they're using the same design. But the stamp is different. It is? Yeah, the new, the new breast cancer salmon postal is different from the original. Then the, what they'll probably do is they'll put a minor letter in the catalog for it. No, I think there's a separate catalog number. Because the picture I saw looked exactly well. I didn't. Well, it does. It says forever now. I don't know if it had yeah. a. I don't know if it had a. Uh, no, it has the words first class on it, doesn't it? Or does it say forever? I don't know. Now you got me confused. Stop confusing me. See, forever means it's fifty cents. First class means it's. Well, the picture they have, yeah, it just says. Fund the fight for a cure, USA first class breast cancer, and it's got yeah, this. B5. 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 Uh-huh. I thought it was B1. Why did they give it a new number? Uh, it's it's It looks different. I mean, the, the design's the same, but it's a different stamp. Let me see, let me see, let me see. Now I'm curious. 
Yeah, me too. Uh, well, it's dated 2014. That's one. That's one difference. Yeah, but they've had other other listings where they've put different dates. You know, it's funny because different... they actually. Um, it looks like the one that's on here is actually has the 1998 date on it. Yeah. So that's why I thought it was the same because it actually has. When I look at it, I can't blow the image up. Oh yes, I can. And it does have. Yeah, it has the 1998 date on it. Uh huh. So there's a new stamp. Right. Yeah. B five is dated 2014. No. Oh. Well, let me go back and change that. But the yeah, it's the same design, but the colors are slightly different because when you when you put the stamps, the two stamps side by side, B one and B five, there's a definite difference. So it's twenty twenty fourteen. Right, twenty fourteen. Okay. So I wonder if they're reusing the Diwali and Hanukkah stamps from the previous year. I do not believe they are. Uh, Hanukkah Hanukkah's coming out. They're doing a joint release with Israel, and I think that's yeah, that's a very nice looking stamp towards the too. end towards the end of October. So we'll be talking about that one in a couple weeks. I don't think there's a Diwali stamp, but there hasn't been a Kwanzaa stamp every year either. Huh? Yeah, because Diwali I think is November seventh this year. The the Hanukkah stamps are very nice. It's very well done. It's basically in menorah, but it's the coloring is nice and the the design is attractive. So I thought that was really cool. That's probably one that I'll end up getting. Well, we've got a list of upcoming shows, and as we discussed briefly last week, this week we are going to cover two weeks worth of shows, so that I am uh, an extra week ahead in telling you about upcoming shows. Santiago, Chile, October 9th through 13th is Xfil 2018. If you're not already there, you're missing it. Yeah. Book your flight. Get down to Chile. Ontario, California, October 12th through 14th, 2018 is Sescal. Their website is sescal.org. I know that Cash is there. Dawn is there. Scott, you're going as well? Yes, I am. Mark, are you going to be there? I will not be, but I'll be uh, bidding online on the Rumsey auction. Oh, nice. I will not be there. It's my anniversary. If I'm there, I will no longer be producing the show. Roseville, Minnesota, October 12th and 13th is Metropex. Their website is facebook.com slash Maplewoods Stamp Club. Joliet, Illinois, October 13th is the Will County Stamp Show. Their website is willcountystampclub.wordpress.com. Wheeling, Illinois. Holy cow, Illinois is going off. October 13th and 14th is the MSDA Fall Show North, and their website is msdastamp.com. Oneonta, New York, October 13th, Stamp and Postcard Show and Sale. London, Ontario, Canada, October 13th and 14th is Canpex 2018. Their website is canpex.ca. Richland, Washington, October 13th and 14th is the Tri-Cities Stamp Show. That does it for stamp shows coming up this weekend. Next weekend, we have East Rutherford, New Jersey, October 19th through 21st is the Nojex ASDA and that is uh, nojex.org, N-O-J-E-X for their website. San Jose, California, October 20th and 21st is Philatelic Fiesta 2018. 
And their website is philatelicfiesta.com. Fiesta! Camden, Delaware, October 20th, 2018. Sarasota, Florida, October 20th and 21st is the FSDA Sarasota Falls Stamp Show. Their website is floridastampshows.com or floridastampdealers.org. Urbana, Illinois, October 20th and 21st is CUPEX 2018. Their website is custampclub.org. Winslow, Maine, October 20th is Mapex, M-A-I-P-E-X. Dearborn Heights, Michigan, October 20th and 21st is Motopex 18. MotorCitySTampAndCover.com is their website. Rio Rancho, New Mexico, October 20th and 21st is New Mexpex, which is madjack, M-A-D-J-A-C.com slash stamps for their website. Gettysburg, Pennsylvania is Gettypex on October 20th. Stevens Point, Wisconsin, October 20th is Senwispex, C-E-N-W-I-S-P-E-X. I have no idea if I'm how C- to pronounce Central that. Wisconsin, yeah. Oh, yeah. Central Wisconsin. Doesn't gotcha. roll off the tongue like New Mexpex. New Mexpex. Waterford, Connecticut, October 21st is Thamespex 2018, and that's Thames like the River Thames in London, T-H-A-M-E-S. And that does it. So now we've got a week ahead of stamp shows. Yay. So thank you for listening. This has been Stamp Show Here Today, episode number 194. This was Tom. And Scott. And Mark. You have been listening to Stamp Show Here Today, seeking to advance all levels of the stamp collecting hobby through news, information, and collecting advice. Visit us at stampshowheretoday.com to listen to the show, view images of the items we are talking about, and read the show notes. You can also continue the conversation on Facebook at Stamp Show Here Today and on Twitter at Stamp Show HT. If you have questions or comments about the show or have any topics you would like us to discuss, you can email us at stampshowheretoday at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep collecting. Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.